You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. 100.9 Tuscaloosa Sports Update. With your Tide Sports Update, I'm Jacob Harrison. A handful of members of Alabama softball's Team 25 have made their 2022 intentions clear. First baseman Kaylee Tao announced he will return for a fifth season, taking advantage of rules put in place by the NCAA in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Meanwhile, senior outfielder KB Sides has entered the transfer portal, and senior third baseman Maddie Morgan will call her collegiate softball career after four seasons. If you need a Crimson Tide connection to help you get into the NBA playoffs, Jermichael Green is helping NBA MVP Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets make a series push in the West, averaging eight points and five boards per game and making clutch plays throughout the playoffs. And in case you missed it, Alabama and Boston College have agreed on a home-and-home home series. First game will see the Crimson Tide travel to New England in 2031, and the second will bring the Eagles to Tuscaloosa in 2034. For more details on these stories and more, check out the Tide 100.9 website or download the free Tide 100.9 app. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. With you right here, though, weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Need a quick pick-me-up? Maybe that little something extra to help push you, push you over the top and into another June weekend. Get by Peterbrook Chocolatier and try out some of what I refer to as the X factor. The one thing at Peterbrook Chocolatier that probably doesn't get talked about enough is the outstanding gelato. And they've got the display case right there, right there at the checkout area. Got a multitude of great flavors for you. The Italian ice cream, the gelato. Not many places you're going to find that in the Tuscaloosa area, but you can get yours today at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60 bit of blue. Woo! Of Sports Talk Radio. Now, Jacob, have you gotten over sort of your Wednesday malaise that you seem to be in yesterday? Are you a little more juice today as we get closer to the weekend, Jacob? I know you're coming off. You got the post-vacation blues, Jacob? No, I'm good. I'm good. It's just... uh, That sounds better. That's better. You know, yesterday was kind of like the official, official off-season start you know Uh, no more college athletics for alabama and once this college world series is done no more college athletics period until we get to atlanta okay all right we're just checking on you jacob we worry about you and just want to make sure you're in a good place and you sound great today so uh we'll We'll take that and we'll move with it. 205-342-9904. By the way, if you want to check in on Jacob, you could do that right there at the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. We'd love to hear from you on a Thursday edition of the program. We're going to have Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 247sports.com, coming up in just a little bit. Otherwise, phone lines are open to you. Chris is going to check in with us, and we're going to update the player development angle in college football. And if you followed Chris's work in the past, 
with us there at 247sports.com and on his personal Twitter account. You can keep up with him at Chris underscore Hummer, H-U-M-M-E-R. He has outlined very clearly the very, very wide gulf between the University of Alabama football program and everyone else in the areas of player development, in the area of transitioning five-star signees into first-round picks for the NFL draft. He's got his latest update there at 247sports.com on those numbers. He's got not just what Alabama's done, which continues to be extremely impressive, but other college football programs, the top 10 or so in the area of development, we'll get into with Chris Hummer. Some folks might be a little surprised at number two in one of those categories. Next up behind Alabama, Florida, the Gators. Dan Mullen, though, with a pretty solid reputation when it comes to player development. So we'll get into all of that with Chris Hummer coming up in the very next segment. As Jacob alluded to, the Women's College World Series set to wrap up this afternoon. That's right. They're going to play game three, the deciding game in the Women's College World Series Championship Series. They're going to play it at 2 o'clock Central this afternoon. Sounds uh, exciting, doesn't it? I mean, it's been prime time pretty much throughout the tournament, especially as you've whittled down the field here. And you get to the championship series, you play the first two games in prime time, but you got NBA playoffs tonight on ESPN. So you'll get the last game, last game, the deciding game of the Women's College World Series at 2 o'clock Central. Come on. Exactly. So much for the climactic end, right? And by the way, I'm still pulling for Florida State. Still pulling for Florida State. Some of these Oklahoma fans on the social media become unbearable about creating this this discussion about the Women's College World Series being in Oklahoma City and other programs and other schools complaining about it. I don't know. Maybe there's been some Alabama fans that have complained about it. I haven't really seen that much of it. Maybe Jacob Harrison has. But on my social media timelines, I haven't seen Alabama fans complaining about the event being right there in Oklahoma City. Is it an advantage for OU? Absolutely. Don't be so sensitive about it, Boomer Sooner. You got a hell of a program. You got to get there every year for it to matter. And so kudos to Oklahoma for doing that. But man, some of these Oklahoma fans had to get after one on the social media last night. But, uh, yeah, they're going to wrap it up this afternoon. They deserve better than 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the biggest game in the college softball season. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. You know what else it is, too? And I wanted to get into some of this yesterday, but uh, I checked the temperature of the following on Twitter yesterday. When it comes to... Summer and sports camps from your youth. Uh, what was that like for you? And and I got some good responses on the uh, on the Twitter. We'll get into some of those. A lot of people like the sort of traditional overnight camp camp. You know, the old school camp where you learn how to tie knots and maybe do some crochet or. You, know, you cook hot dogs over open fires. You know, you get eat up by mosquitoes, you canoe, things like that. I never was a big fan of that growing up. Now, I went to I went to a few sports camps, but man, that whole industry has become exactly that, an industry. Back in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't that way at all. I mean, you might have if you had a college in your town, you might have a baseball camp for one week out of the year. That was it. You either went to that camp or you didn't. Maybe a basketball camp at, at the college or university in your area or hometown. But now it's it's not just from a college perspective. Uh, you've got companies out there. My daughter right now works for Point Guard uh, College, PGC. 
She's going all over the United States in the next eight weeks as a part of the PGC umbrella. She was in Atlanta for a week. She's going to Jackson, Mississippi this weekend to Millsaps to help run a camp for PGC. She goes from there to Boulder, Colorado the next week. Then she goes to Orlando. Then she's off to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Then it's Springfield, Massachusetts. And then it's out to Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, that wasn't exactly the sort of setup from my youth, but that's where we're at. And we got plenty of folks willing to come off the change. So the more that's the case, the more of these camps you're going to see. And uh, it just wasn't that way. You know, when I was a kid in my day, back in the 70s, early 80s, we were really lucky in a lot of ways because about a half mile from Pops' house is Lakeshore Athletic Association, Criswell Park. Famous alums such as Tim Tebow have passed through those hallowed grounds there at the corner of Park and Lakeshore. But we always had, Monday through Friday, the Recreation Department in Jacksonville would send a college student, basically, is what she was. And she would coordinate and direct a sort of daily summer camp is what it was. And it didn't cost a dime. She'd show up at the park at 8 o'clock in the morning. She would have her car loaded with basketballs, baseball stuff, all the type of gear, equipment, footballs, tennis, badminton, whatever you wanted to do. Joanna was her name. She had her little compact car. It looked like one of the clown shows at the circus. I don't know how she kept pulling stuff out of it. But we would go up there every morning at like 8 o'clock, and she would stay there with us till 4. And we'd just go all day long, sports, all day long. Other than that, that was about it. What about you, Jacob Harrison? Were you a camp kid, whether it was just summer camp, sports camps? Do you have any of those memories from your youth? No, I don't think I did any any real you know, real deal summer camps. The The closest thing I had uh, was sophomore year high school football. We went out to the Alabama-Mississippi state line and had a had a team-building kind of camp, and I think it Boot was camp. good. It was good for four wins because we didn't do it my junior or senior <laughs> year, and we only won one game between those two years. Uh, coach didn't stay with the process. I mean, the process obviously needed to include that team-building exercise on the – Alabama-Mississippi border. Some good gas station food on that Alabama-Mississippi border, too, by the way. Some of the best fried chicken you'll find anywhere in the world. Right there in uh, Buckatana. Yeah. Mississippi. Outstanding stuff. But, no, it's become, just look at University of Alabama. You you got, right now, over off Bryant Drive, you've probably got how many different sports? Certainly, you've got basketball in football, in full go. And for football, it's become such an evaluation tool. Alabama, Nick Saban, that's one of the things I think they've also incorporated into the day-to-day landscape of college football is football camps, summer camps, as an evaluation tool in the recruiting process. So, they're everywhere. They weren't that way. We were more latch ki- latchkey kids, you know? I had an older brother. I still do, thankfully. Three years older than me. And basically, when he turned about 10 years old, we were at the house all day during the summer or the apartment or whatever it may be. And then it was kind of up to us to figure it out. But we would. We'd go up to the ballpark, do the recreational department thing, and, uh, and then probably that night, go right back to the ballpark, play games at either six or eight, have dinner at the ballpark. That's one of the saddest things about going back home, going to Jacksonville, going to Pops' neighborhood, is that ballpark still sits there today, and it is essentially dead. It's dormant. Everything looks exactly like it did 20 years ago. I don't know where the kids are. I don't know where the kids are. Because during the spring and early summer, there's no one on the baseball fields. I'm talking about four or five baseball fields at this facility. Nothing, nothing going on. And it was at one time 
Lakeshore Athletic Association at one time was probably a top 10 Pop Warner program from top to bottom in all of America, multiple national championships in Pop Warner. And in the fall, you used to be able to sit on Pops's front porch and you'd be able to hear the ballpark. You'd be able to hear the crowds. You could hear the games going on. You could hear the PA announcer. Now it's crickets, nothing. Where are the kids? Where did they go? Tell you where we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, we're going to check in with Chris Hummer, national college football writer for 247sports.com when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. Well done! Well done! There are, there are, there are 86 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 84, tonight's low 70. Very warm tomorrow, humid, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. And again, we'll have scattered showers and thunderstorms around. The high 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Thursday edition of Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. And a lot of Thursdays, we like to go to the Peter Rook Chocolatier studio line and check in with our good friend Chris Hummer, national college football writer for 247sports.com. And I think, Chris, Alabama fans are enjoying this annual update that you do that outlines how schools have developed five stars since the 2008 class because maybe not so coincidentally, that that goes into really the, the start of the Nick Saban era at Alabama. And based on your findings and your latest update, has that gap, has that – swelling number percentage that Alabama has been able to produce where converting five stars into not only drafted players down the road, but first round picks is it, is it grown? Is it shrunk? Where, where are we at on that? Uh, slightly, slightly grown. And in my opinion, uh, it's one of the most just wow stats you can have in college football. Essentially, Alabama's five stars since 2008, that kind of first class that Nick Saban had at Alabama, at least his first full class with featured Julio and a number of other major contributors. Five stars since then for Alabama have been drafted in the first round 48.8% of the time, so nearly 50%. The rest of college football sitting at 18.3%. So more than two times as likely if you're a five star in general to be drafted in the first round if you go to Alabama than if you go anywhere else. And the gap has kind of stayed the same. This is something we look at every year. Uh, we're not trying to give Alabama recruiting fodder, but just trying to present what happens annually for these five stars once they get to campus since we spend so much time talking about them. And Alabama is just that much better than pretty much everybody else at developing those players. I guess you've also noted here that Clemson, in a smaller sample size over the last few years, is – done some impressive stuff where those type of conversions are concerned, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, like, I think it's really interesting when you look at college football the last 10 years and the two most dominant teams are Clemson and Alabama. 
And you can kind of tell they do the most with what they bring in. Um, Clemson's five-star conversion rate's not quite as good as Alabama. I believe um, 36.4% of their five-stars go in the first round, which is still the second most by a pretty significant number. But all but one of their five-star recruits who've stepped on the campus have been drafted. That's a rate of like 91%. That's better than even Alabama's hit rate at like 756 so when you're a five-star and you go to Clemson and you play for Dabo Sweeney, you get drafted, and around 40% of the time it's happening in the first round. We also see Florida prominent on these findings that you've uh, come up with for us. And talked about this earlier in the show. There, there's long been the, the perception, at least, and I think it's reality because maybe more so of the work he did at Mississippi State, that Dan Mullen – Maybe not the recruiter that Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban are, uh, but player development. Again, sort of his calling card, I guess, throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not really, I guess we're not really seeing the long tail of that yet with Dan Mullen because he hasn't really had a chance to coach or develop any of the five stars he's recruited. But Florida ranks very high in these like kind of five-star development rankings. 30% of their five stars since 2008 have been drafted. Obviously, some of that goes back with Urban Meyer, Will Muschamp, um, Jim McElwain all played a part in that. But I had another piece earlier this week that looks at top 247 prospects and their development curve in general, and Florida ranks really high in that. And I think when you look at Dan Mullen's history at Mississippi State, where he was also known as a developer, not only did he turn five stars like Jeffrey Simmons in the NFL draft picks, but Mississippi State often had four or five draft picks a cycle, despite recruiting at a much lower level than some other places. So if Dan Mullen can ever really get things going from a recruiting standpoint, and I mean pulling in consistent top 10 classes, I think that's a program you really have to look out for in terms of being on the rise because Dan Mullen's proven he can both develop and coach. That recruiting element, as you mentioned, is just kind of what's missing. You're one of our national guys at 247sports.com, so get take us outside the vacuum that is sort of Alabama fandom, the Alabama market. Um how was the news of Nick Saban's latest extension received, you think, around college football? <laughs> With dread, I think, would be the way to <laughs> talk about it. Like, I mean, I think uh, rising ships or rising tides raise all ships is the phrase. And that can be true in some cases. Uh, our colleague Brandon Marcello pointed out to me that Auburn's best years have come when Alabama has been at its best. Like, Auburn won a national championship. Auburn has competed for SEC championships and it's kind of forced everybody else to raise their game. You could say the same with like an LSU, but I would argue if you're like, if you're in college station, you're in Knoxville, you're in Auburn, even, I know we just kind of discussed that. I would, I would be pretty upset to know that Nick Saban's potentially going to be around for another seven years. Cause he's showing no signs of slowing down. And it really like, especially for a Texas A&M, a program looking to rise, or a program like Ole Miss looking to break through in the SEC West, like you just have an impossible kind of hurdle to clear every year in the form of Alabama. And I realize like maybe things will change if the college football playoff expands and it kind of provides opportunities for other people. But Alabama is just such a momentous roadblock, and it's so dominant both in the SEC and nationally. It just makes everything harder for those other teams nationally trying to rise to kind of the next level of uh, contending. Yeah, you know, if it was only as easy as him killing it in recruiting year in and year out, as you've pointed out and, and showed us so well with these developmental ratings and the five-year deep dive that you did uh, in that, and just even going back to 2008, when you look at this list that you came up with, maybe more so from the, the five-year deep dive, um, who was maybe a, a positive surprise that you – you came across uh, on these rankings and maybe a school or a program that you went in anticipating being higher in these rankings that didn't turn out to be that way. Yeah, I had Washington. We had Washington tied with Florida for number two in our rankings and development rating. And that was, wow. that was kind of surprising until you take a step back. Um, Chris Peterson was one of the best developers in the country during his time at Washington. And there's a reason why Washington's the only 
Pac-12 team since I believe 2014 to reach the college football playoff uh, with that Oregon run notwithstanding. Washington has been near the top of the Pac-12 for a long time, and it's because they develop better than other people. It's not because they're pulling in top 10 classes like USC does annually and what Oregon is starting to do under Mario Cristobal. It's because they do the best job with the players who get to campus. So I think that was a pretty notable surprise. And I guess I just mentioned Mario Cristobal, and I think this formula is going to change soon. But Oregon was actually last in our development rating. Um, They had really struggled in the Mark Helfrick era to both develop and recruit. They went to a national title game in 2014, still didn't sign a single top 10 class as a result of that. They didn't develop players once they got to campus. And it's a big reason why you saw Oregon kind of nosedive at the latter half of Mark Helfrick's tenure. And Mario Cristobal is changing that. And I fully expect Oregon to jump up these rankings in kind of future years. But that's a program dead last in our rankings that I was pretty surprised to see there. A former Alabama player, Keelan Robinson, has committed to the Texas Longhorns. You're situated right there in Austin. Uh, Among other things, you have a very good understanding of the Big 12 and uh, the Texas program. What do you think he'll give to that running back room? I guess you're going to have a couple of Robinsons in there now. And uh, do we still have our open invitation for all of us to stay with you when Alabama visits Austin uh, in 2022, more importantly. Uh, yeah, y'all are, y'all are welcome to come down. Let's get some barbecue. <laughs> Definitely down for that. Um, as for as for Keelan Robinson, I thought that was an interesting addition. Uh, Texas lost a pretty uh, key piece of their backfield triumvirate, I guess, if you're going to think about it that way. And Keontae Ingram, who went to USC, he's probably going to start there, actually. So it was a pretty pretty notable departure. Roshan Johnson was the backup, uh, at least projected to be the backup behind Beaton Robinson, who I think is getting quite a bit of Heisman hype around here. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but he has that kind of potential. So Keelan coming in, he's probably not going to start, but I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is as familiar as anybody with what Keelan can do. Um, he's obviously really explosive. He's the type of back who can kind of change the game in an instant. Bijan has some of those same qualities, but I think Roshan's more of a, kind of one cut back in a lot of ways, still really new to the position as a converted quarterback. So I think Keelan will fit really well as kind of that second or third option as a change of pace back for Vision, who's going to be among the best running backs nationally. And like, it's an interesting choice if I was him. Maybe I would have thought about going a place I could start, but we see running backs from the same team get drafted all the time. And if you're going to be in an offense that you project to be explosive, you should go somewhere that you're familiar with. So it seems like a good fit. Earlier in the week, you touched on a topic that we discussed here on recent shows with you, and that's sort of the other side of the transfer portal. We we get caught up in where guys are landing and don't maybe think as much about the programs that they're leaving, and you know, we pretty much understood that just on the surface, you could see that Tennessee took a massive hit from the transfer portal. Henry Toa goes to Alabama multiple starters end up in Norman. Um, you know, it was just a, I don't want to say a a mass exodus, but it kind of felt that way in terms of star power, uh, for the Tennessee Vols in in doing a long form piece for 24, seven sports.com in recent days. Did you, did you uncover maybe a couple other programs that we didn't hit on that, that showed up once you, you were able to take a little deeper dive? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, Nebraska, I think, is one that came up. And I don't know if all Nebraska fans would agree with it, but when you lose somebody like Wandale Robinson, who was our number five overall transfer uh, this offseason, you're losing a huge part of your offense. In fact, I think outside of kind of quarterback rushing production, he accounted f- for like 40% of the offense in general receiving and rushing yards combined. So he was he was everything for Nebraska last year. And to not have him... They also lost Thomas Fedone, their kind of star tight end, uh, to an ACL injury this offseason. Like, Nebraska's almost starting from scratch from a skill position. You throw in the fact that they signed five Florida kids in the 2020 class, and all five of them transferred this offseason, four of which were pretty notable recruits. And Nebraska got hit pretty hard, especially when you kind of consider all the uh, depth pieces that left. So, rough offseason for Scott Frost on that front. And then, I think, I don't know if we touched on it, but Kansas 
Kansas got slapped upside the head with that stuff, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. half their defense is gone. And I realized Lance Leopold took, like, eight Buffalo players with him to Kansas, and that added some depth back. But Kansas is going to have players all over the SEC from their defense uh, next year. And Bus Miles is actually kind of building things back up. I, I, the Bus Miles situation is complicated, but he was recruiting well, and that was a team I think was trending towards potentially making a bowl in a year or two. And I think Kansas's rebuild got set back at least a year by the, all the transfer portal exoduses that they had this offseason. You've probably noticed, Chris, that Alabama has been exceptionally busy on the home and away front as far as future schedules go. So with that, we've been asking the question, if you were going to make one road trip to see Alabama play here in the next 10 or 15 years, which would be your choice? Now, you're in Austin, so we'll strike uh, your your current location off the list. That that would be actually, that's going to be a home game for you. But you got Madison, Wisconsin. You got Stillwater, Oklahoma. You got South Bend, Indiana. You got Columbus, Ohio down the road. Morgantown, West Virginia. Boston was announced. BC here uh, in the last couple of days. And even Tucson, Arizona uh, in the in the uh, down the road future. So of those options, you can pick one, Chris, which, which road trip you make. Yeah. I've been to Stillwater and Morgantown enough times in my life, I think. So I'm going to cross those, <laughs> those off pretty quickly. Um, I think, I think Madison would be my choice. Actually. Yeah. I've never been to Madison mm-hmm. and I've heard nothing but good things about that city and that environment. So I, I would want to jump around a little bit. I think, what about you? I, I had Madison right up there. I had it maybe at the top. Uh, Camp Randall, yeah, I'm down. And I'm with you. All I've heard about that town is it's a blast. I've been to Milwaukee. I've been to Green Bay. Haven't been to Madison. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, maybe we can make that happen. We'll uh, uh, kind of do our own version of Dumb and Dumber, maybe, and road trip to, to Madison, <laughs> Chris Hummer and myself. That, that hey, probably doesn't cheese, sound cheese all that cool. and beer. I can get down with that for sure. Uh, nothing dumb about the college football professor, Chris Hummer. We always appreciate him here on the program. Always great work there at 247sports.com. Again, right now you can go to 247sports.com or check out Chris's Twitter account at Chris underscore Hummer, and you will find his latest update for the NFL conversion rates for programs. Alabama still sitting atop that list, and also just in terms of developing players, Alabama in a good spot as well. Chris, as always, we appreciate you. Have a good weekend, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. There he goes, Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer, 247sports.com. More of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Chris Hummer joining us here on the show. Chris, with just a little more recruiting ammo for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Just what that football program needs, right? Yeah. Just a little bit more. The NFL draft and six national championships since 2009. That's just not enough. It's just not enough. But uh, as Chris said, 
the intent isn't to highlight or sell Alabama any more than it does on its own. It's just what it is. It is what it is, in the words of Nick Saban, where college football is concerned these days. And it's Alabama at the top of pretty much any list you want to look at. I'll tell you a list that uh, I'm never going to be at the top of, although I know Jacob Harrison appreciates these updates. The assisted pull-up total, Jacob, as of this morning's trip to the gym. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Are you you on pins and needles? Of course. What is Rusty putting the over-under at for my assisted consecutive pull-up total, you think? Can we ask Rusty about that? I'm not sure what he would. I think Rusty would probably go 10 and a half with the total. Yeah, 10 and a half. Growl wants Rusty if the total's 10 and a half. Okay. I'm going to say he's agreeing with 10 and a half there. 13 this morning, consecutive. Assisted pull-ups. Not unassisted. I'm honest about it. You know. My struggles with pull-ups are well-documented on this program. Not afraid to admit it. Got 13 in this morning. And that was on the heels of some hot afternoon golf yesterday. Woo. Got in nine holes in a cart and looked like I walked 54. That's the type of humidity and heat we were dealing with yesterday out there. I'll tell you what, though. It seems like... Uh, seems like places like Tuscaloosa still getting plenty of rain. That's a good thing. In mid-June, able to stave off that lawn irrigation bill. That's what I try to do. I fight that one. The chocolate lady, she's ready to fire up those sprinklers and that irrigation system on like April the 1st, you know? And I have to just I have to just keep her pushed back on it. Tell her, look, we're still going to get plenty of rain. Still in the rain season. And uh, sometimes I would win with that. Sometimes I do win with that. Sometimes I do not. But uh, still getting plenty of rain, seems like, these days. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us. We've been talking uh, summer and sports camps on the program this morning. And again, put it out there on the Twitter. Get some feedback on favorite sports and or summer camps from folks' youth. And uh, a lot of summer camp, a lot of people enjoyed the summer camps back in the day. I wasn't as big of a a summer camp fan. And we had some input here. Jim Waltman. Jim's a good dude. At Jim WJR. Said he has fond memories of Camp Laney in Mentone, Alabama. You know, I haven't made the trip up to Mentone, Alabama. I've always heard great things about it. And Jim also adds he even won the uh, he won a ping pong trophy at summer camp. Jim Starnes agrees with Jim Waltman. Camp Laney went for four years. Uh, Jim Starnes won some trophies too, but says swimming in the Little River and dances with Skyline and DeSoto are his favorite memories from Camp Laney. Oh, maybe a romantic interlude at old summer camp for Jim Starnes. Back in the day, sports camps of note, Trey Waters on the Twitter at Trey, T-R-E-I, Waters with two T's, Waters, I guess, maybe, uh, said C.M. Newton camp back in the day with his pals, Hal Sanders and Joe Jones. <laughs> Jay Witt, 1264 on Twitter asked, does, does my dad working us to death in the backyard count? I bet I was the only kid that couldn't wait for school to start. You know, Jay Witt, your pops, he was using some psychology on you. That's what he was doing. He was he was trying to get you in a place mentally where anything other than excelling in your schoolwork was going to prove problematic. He was showing you what else was out there. I had that same type of experience in my youth those type of employment opportunities, so to speak. Although it sounds like maybe yours went uncompensated. Jordan Carpenter 
on Twitter says easily JH Ranch in California, but Cohutta Springs in Georgia was the quintessential summer camp. That JA Ranch out in California, you got to have a little cash, you know? You got to have a little cash to do the JH Ranch. I've heard great things about it, but it's not the one where mom drops you off on a Sunday, writes a check for a buck fifty, and you're in a tent somewhere in the forest or something for four or five days. JA Ranch, JH Ranch, you got to write a check there. So there you go. There's some of the input from the old summer sports camp discussion on Twitter and here as well. We're going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, more of a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 84, tonight's low 70. Very warm tomorrow, humid, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. And again, we'll have scattered showers and thunderstorms around. The high 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. bass players, vocals as well. And then right here with the Breeders, more of a 90s thing with the Breeders, alongside her twin sister, Kelly, Kim and Kelly Deal, the Deal Twins, 60 60 years old today. Southern Fried Sports on a Thursday, 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate Theater studio line. If you'd like to check in with us, you are more than welcome to do so. You know, I was out on the golf course yesterday. Just played nine holes. I'm a nine holes guy. Shot 38 for the record. 38. Now, that was four over. It was a par 34. A very recreational, golfer-friendly track. We'll put it that way. And I get to the uh, just the second hole. It's just the second hole. And playing with the older brother, we're in a cart. His drive goes a little left. So we go over to the left rough. And when we get over there, there is a shaft from a golf club, a headless shaft from a golf club that has been thrust into the ground in anger. Very obvious that there was some anger involved. Someone chose violence. Let's just put it that way when it comes to that particular golf club i think i'm pretty well removed from those type of fits you know where it involves recreational sports i've said many times before i play golf for the fun of it i don't even keep score most times playing with some guys yesterday they were adamant about it we're keeping score you know and i I think it's ridiculous once you get to a point of being a recreational player that no one cares about your score you know Peter Costa sitting waiting at the 18th green to interview you about your round. Nobody cares. But yeah, there was a a headless golf club thrust into the left rough on the second hole yesterday. Now, back in the day, I'm not going to tell you I wasn't above letting one fly every once in a while. I may or may not have on a first hole many, many years ago put a 52-degree wedge out in the middle of a retention pond. I may or may not have done that. I'm not admitting. I'm not confirming. I'm not denying. But what about it, Jacob Harrison? Have you ever had such a fit of anger involving sports that it has led to you 
throwing something, breaking something, whether it's a club, a bat, maybe even a remote. Have you ever fallen victim to that sort of anger as it relates to sports, Jacob? Yeah, Madden video games have made me break <laughs> plenty a controller. I do remember, though, uh, senior year playing JV soccer and uh, nearly kicking down one of the fences at our stadium. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about the video game era because I kind of missed it, you know, at my age. But having a, a son who I know was very much enthralled by the video games I think I I think I could hear him at times upstairs in his youth uh, taking some anger out, maybe on a controller or something else, you know, something else. But uh, I don't I don't have as much of that in me anymore in my early 50s. I guess it's just pretty much dissipated. I, I wasn't above perhaps maybe damaging a remote back in the day. I wasn't above it. I can't sit here and with. A clear conscience tell you, oh no, oh no, that never happened. I don't think I ever broke a bat in either baseball or fast pitch softball. I did some damage probably to some batting helmets in anger back in the day. Uh, there has been some club damage, golf club damage, but I would say most of that is a, a couple of decades removed now, early 30s maybe was the oldest I was when I was still still maybe uh, in that in that era of, of perhaps doing some damage to some things maybe taking a golf club and some anger out on a golf bag you know things like that 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line the Atlanta Braves at the top of the hour coming up here in a mere matter of minutes going for a series win up in Philadelphia. The Braves drop one in walk-off fashion on Wednesday night at Citizens Bank Park. Phillies get a walk-off homer with two outs in the ninth for a two-to-one win. And so, as we've talked about many times here on the program, here the Braves sit right on the cusp of 500 and just can't quite get over the hump. As Braves.com writer Mark Bowman noted in his column, or his write-up, his gamer from last night, only three teams in Major League Baseball that have not had a winning record at any point this season. The Braves, the Marlins, and the Rangers. That's your three. So the Braves still trying to climb up over that 500 mark, get an opportunity to get the 500. Coming up in about 13 minutes or so in Philly, looking for that series win over the Philadelphia Phillies. 205-342-9904. NBA playoffs continue on. And as we talked about not too long ago, it is a postseason for the next wave, isn't it? The Jazz take a one nothing lead a couple nights ago over the L.A. Clippers. Three-point win in Salt Lake City. Clippers and Jazz again tonight at 9 Central. And the Hawks and the 76ers move to Atlanta. Trey Young and the Hawks. That series tied 1-1 after the Hawks got a win in Game 1 in Philly. Dropped Game 2. The Suns and the Nets... In really good shape when you look at the Western and Eastern Conferences, respectively. The Suns with a blowout win over the Denver Nuggets last night to take a 2-0 lead in that Western Conference semifinal. Meanwhile, the Nets, even without James Harden, up 2-0 in that Eastern Conference semifinal as they shift to Milwaukee for Game 3 tonight. And that's a 6.30 central tip. So the NBA playoffs move on without LeBron and some other notable names as well. You still got Kawhi in there. Still got Kevin Durant. Still got Kyrie. You got these young up-and-coming stars like Devin Booker of the Suns. 
So still some solid storylines where the NBA playoffs are concerned. And you will have the NBA playoffs again on ESPN tonight instead of the deciding game of the Women's College World Series set between Florida State and Oklahoma. That game instead will be contested at 2 o'clock this afternoon, Central Time. It will be on ESPN, but no prime time for the biggest game of the college softball season. 205-342-9904 as we wrap up here on a Thursday, coming up on Friday, of course. Tomorrow's show, we will have Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Plenty of things to get into with Charlie. He had some news yesterday that KB Sides, the veteran outfielder, for the Alabama softball team, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. We'll ask Charlie about that. A lot of football talk with Charlie, too. And then Pops. We'll go back with Pops on his visit to the ballpark Tuesday night. We made that visit together. We'll get his review of the ballpark hot dog, his roasted peanuts, you know, all the important things. The motorcycle wreck we witnessed right in front of us on the ride home. Yeah, we'll have plenty of stuff with Pops. How he performed at a family birthday party last Sunday. We got to get into that with Pops. That's always a sort of touch-and-go proposition. When he's put into that environment, you don't always know what you're going to get. We'll ask him for a self-evaluation, as we typically do, coming off those type of outings. But we'll have a full show for you on Friday as well as we get you ready for another sports weekend, just a week away from the U.S. Open. Ready for that. Tory Pines out in the San Diego area, La Jolla to be exact. Beautiful, beautiful setting for a U.S. Open. We'll get you ready for that coming up in the next week. And, of course, Father's Day coinciding with the U.S. Open. Always look forward to that as well. Thanks again to Chris Hummer for joining us. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the program and our lunch whistle on a Thursday. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. It is a Thursday. That means it's ladies' night at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa. All those great pies, all those great appetizers, great salads. Weeknight, weekday. Bar specials as well. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Friday. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. I'm the last one.